0: Welcome back. It's another edition of Now Hear This Entertainment. I'm Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated, and thanks for listening. This is a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. Be sure you're checking out the official show website at nhte.net and sign up for the e-newsletter there. Just put your email address in the sign-up box, and I will only send to you once a week to let you know about the newest episode. There are also links on the website for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from New Jersey, my guest is the president of Bicoastal Productions, a New York City-based concert and theatrical booking agency. He had attended Columbia College in Chicago with a focus in arts, entertainment, and media management, after which he was recruited to ICM Partners' New York City branch in the Urban Concerts Department and would later join Bicoastal Productions, being promoted to company president last month. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Jack Foreman.
1: Hey, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to this. Jack, I I wish we were meeting under better circumstances. You've got yourself a nice client roster that without the pandemic, you would probably be seeing booking after booking for.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I definitely wish you and I were across the table from each other, but this will have to do, you know, I uh, you know whatever keeps us all safe. And, you know, we're definitely trying to be there for our artist roster. And thank you for saying it's a nice roster. We're certainly very proud of it, and uh, we've kept it very diverse. We represent acts from all over the spectrum, whether it's classic rock, modern pop. Um, everything also into theatrical and comedy, you know, some of our clients include groups like Naturally 7, the a acapella um, sensation that went on tour with uh, Coldplay and Michael Buble all those times, and Lee Rocker from the Stray Cats, working with him for several years now, the Hitmen, the Rock Supergroup, uh, and just tons of others, you know, from all across the spectrum, and we're excited to be staying busy right now when a lot of people aren't and when a lot of people are wondering what to do. Uh, and staying busy means a lot of things for us, which I'm sure we can talk about, but, um, you know, we're just trying to stay positive, stay excited and stay there for our clients.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, Jack, if you'll pardon me for a moment or two. Listeners, let's catch up on some long-overdue housekeeping. First and foremost always is thank you ever so much for listening. By chance, if this is your first time hearing Now Hear This Entertainment, do go back and listen to previous episodes. There have been a lot of great guests on the show. Secondly, this is episode 338, but if you look on iTunes, it's only going to show you the quote-unquote most recent 300 episodes. So if you want episodes 1 to 37, All episodes are on the show website, nhte.net, or, of course, find another podcast app. (laughs) Last is you hear artists on the show every week, usually talking about a new single, a new EP, a new album that they're releasing, or a new music video. You're great about supporting them, and I'm asking for that same consideration for the new releases that I put out on time every week for almost six and a half years now, this show. If you think I've given you value, be it the time I put into this show or the lessons you learn from me and my guests or even just the entertainment value, I do ask you to please sign up for the Patreon for this show. It's only $5 a month, and it gets you extra audio every week with the guest from the latest podcast episode. There are already 31 audio files there for you to hear when you sign up. Exclusive recordings, not available anywhere else. Just go to the show website, nhte.net. And click on the orange colored support us on Patreon button to go sign up. It's ad free, and you get to hear me also reveal some behind the scenes stuff. And of course, as I said, talk more with the podcast guest. I would truly appreciate your support through Patreon. Jack, before we dive into all this, just for some background first, since I only read bullet points essentially in the intro, how did you get into the booking world and this career path?
1: I first started in college heavily getting into different facets of the industry, just dipping my toes and defining exactly what I wanted. Uh, To be honest, it was pretty much be an agent from day one was my goal, but I wanted to at least try the other facets. And in college, I interned at several record labels and I was a writer for this uh, online publication called the Daily Swarm. And, you know, I just really was always fascinated with the business, you know, not being a musician myself, but a true appreciator of the the concert world and the creative process of it. Uh, in college, I ended up interning at the Windisch Agency in Chicago, which, you uh, After doing two concurrent semesters with them, I ended up headed straight to ICM Partners in New York right after graduation, and it's really gone from there. But I've always loved working with talent. I've always loved being a part of a creative team where I can be useful in some capacity to developing an artist.
0: So you mentioned that there was a website and a couple of record labels that you did some work for. Was that a case of... Because you said, you know, I knew from the start I always wanted to be an agent. And me personally, when I've gone and spoken to college classes, I often tell college students sometimes go do an internship just to find out that that's not what you want to do as a career before you make this time and this investment in going after something. And then you get a job and you say, oh, my gosh, I really don't like this. So take an internship. So was that the case with you? Was it I was doing the record label stuff on the website because I wanted to make sure that I really did want to be an agent?
1: well it was a little bit of everything i mean the daily swarm was something i did largely because of who was running it it was a bunch of guys who were these just top level you know writers for the new york times and rolling stone you know just as their passion project and i was happy to have as many internships as possible on my resume and then the biggest the biggest and most influential part of that was the windish agency in chicago was working with them and then after being a general intern one of the agents there whom i did a few projects for asked me to stay on and kind of be an extra assistant and pair of hands for him on a lot of tasks and it was really exciting for me because as a kid who worshipped quite a number of his artists that he represented i was just you know i was like a kid in a candy store doing mm. uh, task work for all these people and i was happy to do it and Uh, you know, that extra time just gave me more and more insight into what these people do. And it also taught me that there's a lot of different ways of doing this job and a lot of different ways of being an agent. I mean, Uh. he's completely different. Uh, That agent I worked with in college was completely different than a lot of agents I've met um, out here in New York and at ICM and everywhere else.
0: Okay, okay. Well, during the pandemic, a lot of artists took to live streaming, either Facebook Live or Instagram Live or even YouTube. Uh, plus, of course, there's always stageit.com. And I even know someone out in the Los Angeles area who has run a successful weekly open mic night for some time now and has taken that online. And listeners, if you've been with me for a while, you know that Nashville-based singer-songwriter-guitar player aubryn has been on this show twice. I just saw on Facebook that she was posting about doing a writer's round online, which I think is great. But, Jack, is there anything we're missing here that I didn't list off that performers are doing or could be doing online that maybe you've seen or, or perhaps you've even helped facilitate?
1: Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you asked because it's really a million-dollar question right now, and there's a new platform and service every single day. That allows for artists to engage directly with their audiences and you know you mentioned in the housekeeping notes about patreon you know a unique way for creators of all kinds to reach their audience on a personalized level where they get unique experiences I think a lot of what's developed now has kind of grown from that as its guide and the platform that by Coastal my company has aligned itself with is a platform called veeps which unlike stage is really branded more towards the artists using it, and the artists are able to keep 100% of the ticket revenue made on the show. Wow. Yeah, it's a tremendous platform that was started by Joel and Benji Madden from the band Good Charlotte. They've been fostering it for a few years now, and with the pandemic, there's certainly been a spike in artists who are using it, and artists are really finding a great uh, a great new source of revenue with it, and we've been actually partnering with them to try to get it into the theaters because there's so many venues right now that are looking to make ends meet or just looking for a plan for when they do open up or whether they may not open up uh, We've really gotten in with them and uh but even even without them it's just it's been really nice for artists to have this option for them in twenty twenty I, I think unfortunately, if the pandemic was ten years ago, they would have had a lot tougher time.
0: How are you spelling veeps so that the audience can go
1: and check out that site? Sure. It's V-E-E-P-S. Uh, play on the word uh, VIP. And uh, again, it was started by the Madden Brothers. And it's really easy to create an account with them. It's really easy to buy a ticket to a show. And there's a lot of great artists already up there using it. Artists like Brandi Carlisle, Puddles Petty Party, Liam Payne. Um, Pete Yorn just announced the show today. I mean, there's really some great stuff happening up there. And I- I've just, I've really enjoyed being along for the ride. They're great people over there.
0: Okay, so to be clear, I'm assuming it's veeps.com, that it's a website and that it's not an app, correct?
1: Correct. Anybody can join. Anybody can access it. There's no service fees. There's no subscriptions or contracts. You want to use it once, go ahead. You want to use it forever, go ahead. They're really just there to offer something great for artists to take advantage of no matter what point in their career they're in.
0: And so, obviously, fans can be checking out veeps.com also. It's obviously not just for artists because people are going to watch the performances through veeps, yes? Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. They buy a ticket like they would buy a ticket to a regular traditional show, except it's not a hard okay. ticket. It's a soft ticket that gets emailed to you and uh, you're just logging right in and you're in a virtual venue, essentially, kind of like Stage It or the other ones that came before it.
0: So, listeners, just to be transparent, I had no idea that Jack was going to talk about this, and I don't want to spend all kinds of time pimping. No, know, of course. Pimping, of course not. But, but, but I think, Jack, if there's an artist out there who's listening and is going to say, well, wait a minute, if the website is letting me keep 100%, how is that website making money then?
1: That's a great point. Uh, the tr- truth is they are charging a 15% Uh, fee on top of each ticket sold and Uh, it's being charged to the ticket buyer. So that's how they're making money.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, on that note, then I wonder if you have any predictions on maybe an analysis of the evolution of quote unquote virtual entertainment.
1: Well, I think it's going to become more and more, it's going to become more and more acceptable as a means for consuming entertainment by people who may not have even thought about it in the past. Uh, the pandemic has really forced the audience to be conditioned to consuming their entertainment from music in that fashion, you know, on their phone, their computer, their TV, if it's a smart TV. And I think that that's going to carry over even as the pandemic gets better. And I hope it's very soon. But even, even so, I think that the biggest change you're going to see is a lot more of a hybrid experience with the venues out there. I think a lot more venues are going to be instituting a virtual ticket scale, if you will, that can be a, a ticket you can buy instead of a ticket within the actual venue, especially with venues who are going to be scaled down due to social distance guidelines. You know, if you have a venue that can only sell 200 seats, but they're a thousand seat house, they can augment those 800 empty seats with 800 virtual tickets on any platform they choose. Mm. That's what I see. Well,
0: I'll tell you what What you alluded to before was, was brilliant. And when you were talking about veeps in terms of theaters, possibly teaming up with them, because that, that, that is a great way for, a lot of this business that has fallen off to, to rise up for all parties involved.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's just so much you can do nowadays thanks to the technology being so accessible, or excuse me, accessible, uh, so I was going to say successful. I mean, really, it's, it's something that can be started on a very small scale all the way up to a high-end professional scale, and we've seen it from just about every angle, but the technology for all of these platforms is as simple as the technology that young kids are using to broadcast themselves playing video games over the internet it's the same concept
0: listeners I'd be remiss if i don't send you back to a blog that i posted on the website last month specifically it's dated june 22nd so when you go to nhte.net click into the blog section the title on it says the online cream will rise to the top production and performance counts and what I was writing about there you can go and read the whole thing but Jack essentially you you kind of mentioned this a little bit but my advice to musicians is look just just because things are going to get back to normal at some point don't all of a sudden ditch this whole opportunity that you have online I loved that somebody told me that they've been embracing it so much that when things do get back to normal they're going to make this part of their routine like they're still going to do I think they might have said like once a week an online show and and I think You know, there is so much that you're talking about already and that is available out there that I think musicians would be remiss to blow it all off just because the world gets back to normal at some point. Yes?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, probably the primest example of this is a band called Trivium, the metal band. I mean, they've partnered. it's, It's blatantly a partnership with Twitch, but they've already been streaming every single live show on Twitch since... Several years back, and they said that everything they do in the future, whether it's an at home rehearsal, a jam session, or a live show with ticketing, everything is going to be broadcast on Twitch now. They're totally dialed in and they're seeing great success from it. It's, It's really something.
0: Wow. Well, for those that didn't see the report by Rolling Stone last month, Jack, tell the audience about what Live Nation put out to the industry for that matter, as well as what Mark Geiger, who, by the way, is now out as the global head of music for William Morris, what he said too, and then what your take is on those statements.
1: Sure. Well, I mean, we can all have our opinions and speculations, but at the bottom of everything, uh, especially, I guess, addressing the Live Nation memo first, the real tenor of that was to share that they are done being the ones to carry all of the risk, which promoters traditionally have done for the past several hundred years since concerts were a thing. ticketing was a thing. You know, promoters, even though the artist is coming out and performing and hoping they do well, and maybe some deals are based on solid ticket sales, promoters are still taking so much of the risk in their hands with so much of the upfront costs. And this memo they released basically saying that artists are no longer going to have just an easy way out. It's really shifting the focus. Now, I don't necessarily agree with a lot of it. You know, I think there's a certain dynamic that works for a lot of reasons uh, especially with artists who may not have the means to back some of that stuff up but I do get what they're trying to do and I think that a lot of it was them trying to gauge the industry's take on it before they really got serious about it which is probably why it was a leak rather than an official release at first Mm. but I I think that I think that a lot of it goes with the uncertainty which uh, I guess alludes into more recently Mark Geiger's statement that he doesn't anticipate concerts or at least big festivals coming back until 2022 i really think that that's a little bit too broad especially i mean maybe festivals i guess i get where he's coming from with that but i think since we live in the united states um or at least you and i are broadcasting from the united states we can confidently say that each state is different and we are living in an election year where uh A lot of what's going on with this virus and the spread is political, which we don't have to get into at all. I'm just saying that I think that each state is going to make their own distinctions as to what concerts are allowed. I mean, states are having shows, whether they're getting good press or not, they're happening. And I think that as things get better, there will be some places that return quicker than others and some festivals that return quicker than some of the larger ones. And internationally, they're already mapping out the plans, especially in countries that are really doing a good job of containing this virus.
0: Yeah, and I can speak for, number one, for the state of Florida, since I'm based in Tampa. I know there are people that have been out performing live here in the greater Tampa Bay Area. When I say for some time now, I'll I'll say a couple months. So there's this idea out there that the entire live music scene has completely shut down, which is not true. It has not 100% shut down. Now, granted, it is certainly not where we all want it to be, but the Now Hear This Entertainment Instagram account follows everyone who's been a guest on this show that has an instagram account and i've seen Judd who's out playing i've seen paralandra out playing so you know there are bands in other states as you're saying jack that it's just not really getting much ink that there are people that are able to perform it's just not back to where okay i had tickets personally to go see maroon 5 in september here in tampa and live nation of course announced that that's not going to happen till September of 2021 now. So I think the focus so much is on the A-listers that people aren't realizing that a lot of the indies are making their way back out onto the live music scene, and, and that's unfortunate because the, the ticket-buying public, the, the patrons or the patrons, the music buyers need to know that there is live music in their local communities if they look hard enough.
1: Yeah, and I mean, for the larger artists, they can afford, a lot of them at least, can afford to wait as long as they might need to. Whereas a lot of the indie artists who are working and gigging paycheck to paycheck, consistency is a lot more important. And how? You know, so, yeah, absolutely.
0: By the way, listeners, if you didn't hear my interview with Zach Greenberg, the senior editor of media and entertainment at Forbes, go back and check that out episode 325 i'll put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net zach is in new york city and we did that interview when the pandemic was really really in a place where everybody was shutting down so you can get some good insights from him as well jack in the meantime what are your predictions for the future of live entertainment
1: well, I'd assume that mine are probably pretty similar to Zach's. I mean, he—it's uh, funny—he and I agree on a lot of stuff, and we've we've both been heard in similar forums saying the same thing. Uh, but my my prediction is that it's going to return in waves, and each geographic location is going to be different. You know, I, I was on a panel yesterday that was put out by this software company, and there was somebody on the panel from South Africa who was talking all about what it's like over there and their narrative was so incredibly different than mine. Hmm. And the other, the other person on the panel was from Scotland and he said, Oh yeah, we're already working on all kinds of socially distant music festivals here in the UK. And we've got all these great plans. There's a lot of corporate investment and uh, even investment from the public sector coming in to try to stimulate that. Whereas in the U S it's a little bit different. So I, I think if we're speaking from here, virtual will continue to rise. It will continue to get more and more innovative and it will continue to improve as people continue to accept it for what it is. But I do think it will remain in some sort of capacity after things do get back to normal. But I I really don't think normal is going to look quite the same as it did before this. I think there's going to be a lot more health and safety consciousness from these venues. A lot of them were forced to take a close look at how they Uh, how they operated their buildings and a lot of the companies that you're used to seeing concerts from had to take a quick look at how they were doing business and a lot of them won't survive sadly enough so Mm. you're you're gonna see a resurgence but it's it's nothing that will be that will be returning within the next year or two this is going to take a five to ten year recovery to get back to what it was wow
0: wow Well, I know there are going to be people in the audience who are aspiring performers that have questions about getting on board with a booking agency themselves. But before I ask Jack all about that, let me give out his info. I am joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from New Jersey by the president of Bicoastal Productions, Jack Foreman. Visit their company website at bicoastalproductions.com. I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. The company is also on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, and you can connect with Jack himself on LinkedIn. I mentioned earlier about the Patreon for this show. Check out the bonus audio, which is ad-free, by going to the show website, nhte.net, and hit the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button. It's only 5 bucks a month. Hear more from Jack Foreman and bonus content for the previous 31 episodes of this show. I do want to make sure that I thank those of you that have been supporting Now Hear This Entertainment by way of your regular everyday purchases on Amazon. I can tell because of the monthly emails that they send me. Feel free to email me yourself, by the way, podcast at nhte.net to let me know that you are buying from Amazon through their banner on my show website. Remember, it's no cost to you. Just go to the show website, nhte.net. Scroll down to the tall Amazon banner, and then once you click that, it will open their shopping app if you're on your phone, or it will open their website if you're on your computer. Either way, at the end of the transaction, they will kick back a small percentage of the sale to me, which helps with the expenses I have for putting out a new episode of this show every week. And remember, it's totally private. All Amazon tells me in those emails once a month is how much they're kicking back to me, so I don't know who bought through them or what you purchased. Anyhow, thank you for your support of the show through the exclusive ad-free bonus audio on Patreon or by starting your online shopping through my Amazon banner. Jack, before all that, I was mentioning about the aspiring performers who are checking out this episode of Now Hear This Entertainment, and they're looking for some nuggets from you as it relates to their own performance career. So the first question is, when is an artist ready for an agent?
1: When they're able to prove a rising fan base or a rising interest in something that's more substantial than just really working hard to make you believe it. If they're able to show you the data and the markets where they're really seeing success, and you know, if they're able to really prove that there's a path to success that can be visualized by the agent it's recommended that they reach out i mean you also have to make sure that you're reaching out to the appropriate kind of agent but at the same time i encourage people to reach out to just about anybody that looks appealing to make sure that they're casting a wide net if they're on a smaller scale
0: but when you say that they can show data are you talking about music sales slash downloads are you talking about people attending live shows and and for that matter are you talking about social media are you because i i think there needs to be some perspective somebody could say well i had 500 instagram followers uh six months ago and now i have a thousand i doubled it whereas in my opinion i think an agent is going to go yeah but it's only a thousand i don't care that you doubled it you only have a thousand
1: well i'll put it in perspective i mean i have artists that are appealing to a much older audience where they may not have much of any Instagram followers, but what they do have is that they have a great history of ticket sales data uh, from various markets around the country, which okay. is, if you could show me that, that's like a goldmine. If, if you can show me great sales data that I can then use in marketing the show to presenters and promoters and buyers all around the world, then that's going to be much more convincing to someone like me or to anybody I work with, just because that's really... That's really what matters at the end of the day for the people we're working with. Obviously, I have to be a fan of the show. I have to be excited about it. It has to be something that gels with my musical taste in a broad spectrum. But uh, definitely showing the ability to move tickets is ultimately what a lot of promoters care about. So I
0: had this written as a separate question. I don't know if you just answered it or or if this is different. But I was going to ask you next after when is an agent ready – how can an artist attract or convince a booking agent? Is is that the same answer?
1: Uh, not, not quite. I mean, what one way that you can get on a radar of an agent is to, I guess, have the attention of other artists they're working with, even the smaller artists or their management. You know, a lot of the clients that we have came via referral from other artists, managers we work with, or venues that we work with who said, you know, this person's looking for an agent. You know, just making sure that you are constantly out there meeting people and that if there's a place in town for instance where you know all of your local industry people are going just making yourself known there as just a frequent visitor mm. you know if you're if you're trying to get into any segment of the industry you have to go where the fish are swimming and for me going to school in chicago it was going to a lot of the bars where these people hung out or going to shows where they were and just getting to know them so they would know my face and my name and then when i Like when I would apply for a position or when I was just trying to reach out to somebody, they would remember meeting me at the bar a few weeks ago. So for me, that was my way. But for an artist, there's a lot of different ways. It's hard to give one answer, but my recommendation would be, you know, really making yourself known to them by way of by proxy, I should say, of others who may be closer to them using it as a ladder.
0: Yeah, I like it. I like it. And I'm glad that a guest is saying it because if you've been with me a long time on this show, you know that I preach so often about that you can never have too many contacts. I always preach about the value of connections. I've written blogs about this several times in in my weekly blog that's on the website. So it, it It makes sense when I hear it coming from you as someone who's on the front line doing this every day. But, Jack, talk about managing expectations insofar as I think the mindset of a lot of performers is, well, once I get a booking agent, I can just sit back and let them do all the work. My calendar will be filled up. I'll be working year round and they'll get me much better
1: paying gigs. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? You know, I mean, I the truth is you, you have to work so much harder once you have an agent or once you have a manager or anything because you need to give them something to work with. If you're not constantly producing content or giving them something to work with, they're not going to be as great of an agent for you. I mean, we've had clients that we've been very excited about that have come to us and just said, all right, see what you can do. And then a year later, they say, you know, we didn't see as much bookings as we were expecting. And it's because, yeah, we we didn't have much to work with. All you did was just you know, make a couple of Instagram videos and you didn't really release any new music. So Mm.
0: having
1: a, having a strategy in place is very important for any creative team. If there's a manager driving the ship, which oftentimes there is, you know, there's a lot of situations where agents don't even talk to a lot of artists regularly. They deal with their management on a day-to-day basis. And usually there's a plan in place. There's long-term and short-term goals that we try to help set and try to help manage. And every artist is different. Some artists need us for very little and some artists need us every couple hours. It's really it's really different across the board.
0: Okay, but I like that you pointed that out, though, because those of you that are artists that might be in a position to pursue a company like Jack's, hear what he just said, so that you don't get to a point where you say, well, psh, I've never even talked once to my booking agent. If your manager is the one handling everything, then either A, you need to have that conversation with your manager, or B, you need to be at peace with it. And know this is the arrangement that the parties involved have made but i also like jack that you said that some artists come to you and say well you know it's been a year and we really didn't get the bookings that we expected because i love that your answer could very well be well it's been a year and we really didn't see from you what we thought we would see it's it, it's definitely a yeah. two-way street
1: yeah i could i could definitely uh not be the best agent in the in the world and i'm more than happy to admit that i'm far from the best but i i do know that to get anywhere with this you have to have something new every year or at least periodically that you can that you can show people, that you can show people who may not have wanted the show before or shown the same type of interest in it when you approach them about it first.
0: So let's just roll our sleeves up a little bit farther here because I get countless unsolicited emails daily from artists who want me to either have them on the podcast or because they're not doing their research and they're just sending the same copy paste email mm-hmm. out to anyone that they can get an email address for they're asking me to will you play my music on your station which i won't even get into that <laughs> that, I'm, that i'm not a radio station what station i exactly i i imagine that in an attempt to get the attention of a booking agent such as By coastal productions artists will DM your company on Instagram or hit you up personally on LinkedIn or call Bicoastal Productions or, of course, send one or more emails. Are any of those going to get the job done to start a conversation or is it a case of someone has to know someone?
1: Uh, you know what? I have gotten have gotten people through their own solicitations to us, especially if they make a really good case and a really good presentation to us. Uh, but the truth is, like you, we just get so many emails direct messages and phone calls just of people who are interested and more so before the pandemic when they were just when when things were really in full swing it was just countless every single day and now you know we're just we're more more we're more likely to go with somebody we trust in their word on who who may be uh, rather than try to start something new we're very protective over our business and our relationships and over our existing artist roster too, because we really are in a position of looking out for a lot of their best interests for their careers. These artists are trusting us with their careers, which are their life's work. This isn't insurance. This is a person and their body of musical or theatrical work. And for them to trust us with that means that we have to show them tremendous care, respect. And, uh, we, we also have to be pretty harsh sometimes, uh, and I think the biggest piece of advice anybody can get in this business is rejection is your best friend because at least it tells you another way to do it.
0: Well, and listeners, you know that I'm trying to help you out every week on this show. And on this episode in particular, I'm trying to give you some how-tos here. So I think one takeaway out of everything that Jack said is if you marry it with his answer to my previous question, you only get one chance to make a good first impression. So if he does answer your DM or your your LinkedIn message rather, or if the company does answer your phone call, or if whatever attempt you make is successful, you only have one chance to make a good first impression. So as you just heard him say, you gotta have something to show them. So if your website hasn't been updated in 11 months, if you haven't posted on social media in three months, if you haven't put out any new music in two years, then you're number one, you probably shouldn't even be contacting by Bi- coastal productions in the first place, but number two you 're not going to be in a position to succeed and and Jack I think that 's what you 're telling people is come with your a game whether we do answer a cold call or whether we do get a referral from someone
1: yeah, and you know what honestly i we're not as an agency we 're not one of the more sinister. Rejection-heavy people, like it may sound. I mean, we do like to talk to people. We do like to say to people, "Thanks so much for submitting." And it's just not the right fit for us, or we're not the right fit for you. We do try to do that as much as possible, or we even keep somebody's information and sit on it for a couple of months, and then we'll say, "Oh yeah, you don't remember that that came in? Let's look at that again, or let's take another look, or somebody may have mentioned something to us. Let's give them a call."
0: Uh, okay. Um, so
1: we do try to be better, but I, I will promise you that not every agency is going to be that. Um, that kind about it
0: but i like that you said that it just might not be the right fit as all and what that could mean is earlier you said that you personally take a look at is this something that i'm interested in and so it might just be a case of our agency just doesn't book that type of act that's all it is it's not that you're you're bad it's just that we don't book that
1: yeah you have to look at what we are booking and if you fit with that or if you at least see yourself as an extension or just something that would kind of go with it, then maybe maybe we are a good fit. But if you're completely far-fetched, it just you may want to look at an agency that's more close to what you're doing. But you know, with that said, we are always open to new and innovative things. And if something that gets us excited comes along that may be off the path of what we've been doing, we're not going to just say no off the bat.
0: But again, at the same time, it's not unlike if you're a hip hop artist, you don't send your music to a country radio station and say, I hope you'll play my new single because no, they they're not going to. So just, you know, understand some of the simple parameters involved so that you don't take it personally and and think that you need to do something different other than. Vet who you're who you're contacting, uh, listeners. I, I do want to caution you. If you think you're beating the system by just listening to my show every week and letting me give you insider information, so you don't have to get the Access Vegas newsletter yourself, I'm sorry to have to tell you that it's not going to work. There's just far far too much information in there for me to possibly even give out the tip of the iceberg. For example. If I told you that in the latest issue that I got from them, it talked about what some of the buffets in Las Vegas are doing now in reaction to the COVID-19 pandemic, you would still need to go and read yourself to learn those specifics. In the most recent Access Vegas newsletter, they also had not only the new dates, but the new location where the annual Star Trek Las Vegas convention has been scheduled for. And they had information on a new sports bar that's opening inside the Strat Hotel Casino and Skypod, those items and much, much more in the members only email. Go to my show website, net. click on the Access Vegas logo, and put in the code Bruce at sign up to get five dollars off. Remember that you also get the opportunity to send in questions to the editor. You get insider tips on discounts and deals that don't require coupons and you get their members-only special reports that you've heard me talk about in a number of episodes. Again, go to the website for my show, nhte.net, click on the Access Vegas logo, and put in the code BRUCE at sign-up to get $5 off. Jack, we've talked a lot in the second half of this show about booking specifically, but what advice do you have for aspiring young professionals entering the music business?
1: Don't let anybody tell you how to succeed because there's so many different ways and the world is changing like crazy and nothing really is inaccessible unless you're going about it the wrong way. I mean, the people that have mentored me, everyone from my father to uh, the founders of Bicoastal Productions, who I've been with every single day for the past six years, what they've taught me is that there's really nobody out there in this industry, no artists, no label, no other agency, no talent buyer that you can't get on the phone or get via email as long as you go through the right channels and you're ready with the right information or the right approach. There's really nothing that can hold you back except for your own fear of rejection, which um, can be crippling unless you have a really supportive team behind you or you're able to get lucky which uh, does happen but if you wait for a very long time to get lucky you're gonna possibly wait your whole life and miss out on some great opportunities
0: Okay. And I was going to follow that up by saying for those same young professionals entering the music business, but it could also be people who are in the music business that just haven't gotten to this stage yet. And you and I could perhaps delve more specifically in our Patreon that we're going to record. But just in generalities, because obviously there's confidentiality and things like that that you can't get into. But if someone is going to contract with a company like Bicoastal Productions, can you say 100% across the board, you don't put any money out, you just get a percentage, or is it, no, Bruce, the deals kind of vary from one act to the next? Uh, yeah. Because I know that the, I know these performers want to know, Well, well, I shouldn't say they want to know. I think most of them think I shouldn't have to pay them anything. They should just take a commission off of what I make, and it's that easy.
1: Yeah, I, I, I know very few agents that have a guaranteed fee. Uh, believe me, I would love a guaranteed fee, but no, I mean, most agents are working on a commission from things that they bring to the table. You know, you eat what you kill, but you're not. <laughs> uh, depending on your deal, honestly, you may get a percentage of other things. If, you're, if your agency has a deal in place with your label or whoever does your a uh, you may get a percentage of other things like that. But generally agencies are making money off of what they bring to the table or what they've chosen to contract and handle if it was brought to them so i i would say i mean that's how we work i'm happy to be transparent about that uh you know what's what we can get into uh in private is how each agent is paid but as an agency that's how we're making our money
0: okay but just to understand listeners those of you that are performers like anything else, you know, read what you're signing. So if you think that all they're doing is getting you booked for gigs, well, then there's a really strong chance that as Jack just described, they will probably take a percentage. You don't pay them anything up front. However, if you're contracting with a company that says, we're going to build a website for you, we're going to manage your social media, we're going to get you photo shoots, we're going to get you on television interviews, all oh, that That kind of stuff, you're going to pay a fee for. You can't take a percentage off of building someone a website. You can't take a percentage off of getting someone a radio interview. So Understand what you 're getting into what the relationship is, and what everybody's specialty area is, so that you 're not surprised when a company says, "Yeah, you pay us for this <laughs> we can't, we can't take a commission uh, and and then you know ask the questions that you need to ask so that you're confident in what you are signing. Jack, we're running out of time, but I do want to give you an opportunity before we close to just plug some of the acts that you work with, meaning, because I know you listed some off at the beginning, but is there anything that you want to mention about any particular clients that maybe the audience can be checking out right now and or planning towards coming up?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for that. Sure. I I mean, one of the acts that I've continued to be so excited about on our roster is naturally seven and uh, we've kind of started deeming them the human instruments. And it's just such a unique show. Uh, I'd really encourage anybody to check them out, whether they're a fan of hip hop, a cappella, pop, classic soul and things like that. It's just a wonderful group of artists who continue to create great content. And I would expect quite a bit of them as the virtual age develops and of course you know one of the acts that made by coastal what it is the hitman which is a legendary rock supergroup if you're a classic rock fan this is just the greatest show it's a wonderful nostalgic evening if you can make it to a concert you know it's just people who have played with literally anyone who was anyone in the eras of pop and rock in the 70s 80s and 90s even and you know we really are continuing to get diverse. We really have a lot. Uh, If you're in Europe, I'd watch out for some upcoming tours of Lee Rocker from the Stray Cats. Uh, Stray Cats are going to be releasing a new album in December that was recorded live on their 40th anniversary tour that went all around the world last summer. And it's just really exciting to still have this stuff going on during the pandemic. And, uh, you know, just keep keep an eye on us because we're going we're going to a lot of different places and we're continuing to grow. And again, keep an eye if you're an artist on streaming platforms that are going to be able to take you there. If you may not be as advanced with it, that's okay. There's just so much out there to help you succeed.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I should have said this at the beginning, but listeners, we've been due for, with the possible exception of Zach Greenberg, we've been due for a non-performing guest for a while on NHTE, and I do like to occasionally bring you people from the industry so that you can learn more about the inner workings of the business. And Jack, you've done a wonderful job of that. It's been really great to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: And thank you, Bruce. Appreciate you having me. It's great to talk to you.
0: Absolutely. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to Jack Foreman, president of Bicoastal Productions. Again, visit their company website at bicoastalproductions.com. I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at NHTE.net. The company is also on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Also you can connect with Jack himself on LinkedIn. And again, Jack and I will have more conversation over in the bonus content that's only available exclusively through Patreon. There's already similar audio up there from the last six-plus months' worth of guests. It's only five bucks, and it's ad-free, and that's the only place you can get it. Go to the show website, nhte.net, hit the orange-colored support us on Patreon button, and that will take you to where you can gain access to the exclusive content Remember also about scrolling down on nhte.net to the tall Amazon banner to start all of your shopping through them that way so that they can kick back a small percentage of the sale to help me with all the expenses I have for doing this show every week for what has been almost six and a half years now. There is no extra cost to you for doing that. For now, that will do it for episode 338. Thanks ever so much for listening. I'll talk to you again next week on another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. Until then, I hope to see you on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or signing up for the weekly email newsletter.